the NFL reaches the super wild card weekend this weekend. And it's another time for Scal on NFL. Michael McQuaid. Delighted to be. Can you believe, folks, Mark Hogan's back in this podcast? More importantly, the man of the hour, the most popular man in Galway, <laughs> James Scal. James, can you believe we're actually in the playoffs here? Playoffs? Are you are, are you contracted for this podcast? I, I, have you have you expired a week eighteen? Has Black no, Monday? I tell you one thing that uh, they say time flies and you're having fun. This season wasn't fun for as a Patriots fan. This is all about perseverance and just getting through the year. So I'm I'm quite I, I'm quite content that the year is over, but I'm just awaiting more bad bad news. That are, are, are Billy Boy. Let's see, let's see what happens with him. Wait, what would be bad news for you regards that that he stays or goes? Uh, this is where I get kind of torn, Mark, with regards to sentiment and logic. And logic tells me it's time for 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 both parties just to to move on in their separate directions. Really, when when Vrabel has become available, you're saying, well, you know, that that's a that's a really good coach. Like AFC Championship games, coach of the year, you know, like uh, a real he comes across as a really good. How do I say, um, man manager? He he reminds you. Himself and Dan Campbell, even though they don't act the same, but they they they, they nearly have the same hold over over a dressing room, a locker room. So I'd say, up to five hours ago, I was like, can Bill stay and get the GM duty to somebody else? But then Vrabel becomes available, and I I, I become torn, man. I do. But then I'm listening to all the statements that's coming out from the players, like um, Mac Wilson spoke. You know, Trent Brown wouldn't worry about him. Mac Jones, you know, even Gonzalez spoke during the week. Uh, Slash Drawl heavily in favour of Bill, and can't thank him enough. David Andrews same way. So when you hear coming out of the locker room that they that, that, that they love him and appreciate him, it's it's hard to say, yeah, I want him gone. Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing, the, year. the the thing for me with the Vrabel one when I saw that he was gone was, what if they thought that they could get a trade, they would keep him on the books. Like, what help is it for the Titans if they, unless they just want to do well by him? But that's not really how the NFL works. If they thought, but it's also that Bill Belichick, the GM seemingly needs to go because he do- hasn't stacked up the roster but the defense hasn't taken a step back maybe that's because of invest- but it's like that's where it's very difficult to get this mm-hmm. thing right because you can't really just roll back what it was last year but no head coach is going to be able to get the talent overnight either no it's not and like I suppose the the, the, the glaring issue where obviously it looks like the quarterback but the offensive line like we spoke about it before has just been has been truly, truly putrid, and I know that's that's a combination of bad personnel choices and injuries throughout the year, which every team encounters. But it's just um, where I look at it is that, is that Belichick was was the master and kind of you know recruiting those players. He like he released you know Ted Karras and Shaq Mason, traded them away. You know, saying they were two reputable players. Um, even I go back as far as Joe Tunney, he was the last man before David Andrews to play every snap in a year, and look where he's been for now. Look where he's protecting. So the money is there, and like why don't we utilize it to keep keep uh, an unreal guard? Um, so like that that's where I get torn. I'm looking at the decisions that Belichick has made, and I presume there's collective thinking in this as well. It's not just him going going rogue. I presume there's collective thinking, but ultimately the book stops with him, and the decisions he made on offense have been poor, have been very very poor, and they're well documented. You can go back to the, the Juju choice, even the Mike Kosecki choice. You know the offensive line, as we said, um, Zeke was was a positive this year. I thought he did he did fairly well, all things considered. But ultimately, we fail miserably. That's just the reality of it. We fail miserably. And then to compound losing to the Jets in the manner in which we did, uh, yuck. Yuck is the only word I can think but of. But you know, I should be glad of it now thanks to the draft positioning. Well, the pick, the yeah, moment. sure. 
But I'm told in like... It wasn't done on purpose, though. Where where do you go? Like, you know, you'd imagine in the draft this year that there'll be... Well, I think there'll be four QBs taking the first four picks, theoretically. Or, sorry, three QBs taking the first three picks and then a receiver after that. So, like, May is going to go. Uh, Williams is going to go. So you're looking at probably Daniel is going to land to us, I'd imagine. If 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 we choose to go that way. If not, you're heading for, for Harrison. But if you, if you if you get Harrison, who's going to throw him the ball? Who's going to protect... You know, this is this is a well, actually, like Kirk Cousins or someone like that. You never know. Like if Bill Belichick comes back for one more year and you want instant results, you go Kirk Cousins and then get Marvin Harrison Jr. and you have a guy that can run an offense with a guy that should be able to just run straight into the NFL and have a yeah. massive impact. Like we have our center, we have our right guard, we have our, we have a right tackle, we have our left guard. Um, left tackle, Trent Brown is gone. He's out the door. Like from what for what he said over the last probably ten days is look, that's unforgivable for me. He's gone. And we close the cap space. Let's utilize it. The last ca- the last time we closed the cap space, I thought we threw it away. On, on tight ends. Uh, yeah, t- two tight ends. And then we brought in, you know, <clears throat> Nelson Aguilar, like, she's like, not for me. Like, do you know what I mean? Spending big money on players that aren't going to produce for you. So really, that's why I look at certain franchises, like um, even the Lions, for example, how they can maintain. And I know Brock is on a rookie contract. How they can maintain, you know, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, McCaffrey, how can they make this cap space work? So it can be done. It, that. it can be done. It can be done indeed. Just for people on the podcast, it's Wednesday morning. We're talking to James. Uh, nine o'clock, just hit nine o'clock Tuesday night. I'm saying that because for all we know, we are going to record this podcast and that'll be it. Belichick will be gone either by the time that James signs off or goes to bed. Um, so just so people are aware of that, the podcast is going to go out no matter what and there is that potential something could happen. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, I guess it does get more interesting as it goes along and we, we don't want to talk too much about the Patriots but when you see that news about Vrabel today you think to yourself there's a window here now something needs to be done M- maybe tomorrow Balachek and Kraft will meet we've seen Balachek's been very non-vocal in the pressers in regards to his future but look that was a hell of a performance on Sunday in his last game and a hell of a walk-off I guess the only good news today James before we go off the Patriots and maybe Mark wants to jump in this second as well is that Apple documentary looks fantastic, doesn't it? It, it does. It does. And I saw, I saw a phrase there that, again, it, it's, it, it suits the narrative of Belichick to go. It says, what should Amandola say? Uh, played for we Tom, worked, but we, they... We worked for Bill, but we yeah. played for Tom. I just going, ouch. Like, ouch. It's a bit like Mickey Hart, isn't it? It's a bit we of a played stinger, for Peter, right? Or We worked for Mickey, but we played for Peter. Yeah. I, 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 do you know what? I, I don't like that kind of stuff because... Likes of Amandola, and I mean this respectfully, Amandola, Edelman, even Gronk, let's say, all these guys would be nothing unless they're worse the Patriots. And the, the, I find that they throw shade every now and then, you know, back towards Belichick because he was a, let's call it, he's a hard-ass coach. But I don't think they win what they win without him. And it's always been, oh, Brady carries them. Brady carries them on one side of the ball. But the two, he doesn't carry them. All the decision-making, I kind of, I don't take that narrative and I, I, I don't like it disrespectful first of all but I just think it's like like Samandola and Edelman who I like by the way are getting you know trying to garner clicks if I'm honest you know Amandola is his timing is perfect now to say that kind of phrase but yeah not so much to me now I wouldn't like that it's a funny one because it's like yeah when you weren't ever able to speak up to the teacher in class and then you graduate and you know you're a week to go and before you're leaving sir and you start to act up the same thing happened Jimmy Johnson with the Dallas Cowboys that he was a very tough coach but it was because he was like, you know, that's how you... The times have changed, but 
definitely in the 1990s when Jimmy Johnson was in charge of the Dallas Cowboys that's when it was starting to change and your Michael Lervins were getting special treatments but then there was other guys in the roster that were saying well how come he can say I partying but I can't do anything so it's like this is always a story it's the best coaches around for so long that they've got to piss off enough players that when they do have their downfall, and it's the same thing that we're seeing with the media, that that's when you put in Bill Belichick now into Twitter and you're looking if there's any update or, at all, it's people taking shots and saying this was a media-driven thing from the Boston uh, area that we talked about plenty of times this year on the podcast. Look, he could be gone by the time this podcast goes out, just like Michael says, yeah. but it's definitely that there's obviously a loyalty there from Bill Be- uh, from um, Robert Kraft as well, that he hasn't made a hasty decision. And is it a good sign or a bad sign? I don't know, James. Like, you know, at least the decision wasn't made by Robert Kraft before Sunday and he's given yeah. all the time and they're just saying, look, we have a whole off season to figure this out or at least we have a week and they're well, going to do it the right way versus being hasty. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think um, Robert Kraft always came across as a man that carried a bit of class, um, whether he's speaking publicly or his actions, whatever you want to call it. He's, he, he talks and speaks with, with uh, engaging people with class and like obviously in day one which was yesterday Black Monday is the colours there was a you know a few coaches fired today is, is another one but that seemed like a parting so it's kind of a in Belichick's favour he did say on his press his press conference yesterday morning he's, in, he's under contract so he, made that, he made that quite clear I'm under contract so he's you know he's still working for the Patriots and as, for every outlet you can read it, it seems like it's been business as usual with regards to signing players future contracts practice score players etc so I don't know. I think there's a good sign. I think if the decision was made by Kraft, you know, it's done, it's over, it's and it's it's released yesterday or today even. So I think if something doesn't come to pass by tomorrow, well, I think you could be looking at probably some kind of agreement between Kraft and Belichick uh, how to restructure things going forward. Now I do. I will say as well. I, I read somewhere on ESPN that, that potentially Josh McDaniels will come back. I'm not in favour of that. That's just kind of... But they, they're getting yeah. the whole band back together. If it's not Bill O'Brien, it's not Mike Rabel, it's... Yeah, not Patricia Patricia as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles. Look what he's done there. Jesus. Oh, here. That, 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 like, I'll just say one final thing in this. It would... If Bill is going to go... Now, I'm not saying I want him to go or not. If he's going to go, it would make my year if it happened right in, in the middle of this podcast. So I can tell you. And we had the reaction. I'm just putting it out there and I'll send him more. Was there anything else from the weekend, James, before we sort of talk in regards to the wild card? Was there anything else the weekend that sort of stuck out to you? I mean, it was a, for you on a personal level, it was, at, I presume, it was that last weekend before you head back to the, to, to the big smoke, as we say. Did you get a chance to even watch the TV on Sunday night or was Dancing on the Stars on? Uh, Grace to go over the television, I won't lie on Sunday for Dancing on the Stars. So I was over. Here, I, here, I have to say, I know, James, you're more famous than any of them, but come on, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got three daughters, right? Two, two of which can understand dancing at the stairs. So I was, I was overwhelmingly overruled. <laughs> I like, I find a sweet one now, James. Like, I have no kids, right? Yet, anyway, and I find it now. If my wife goes to bed about twenty past eight, Sky goes sitting there in the Mac, watch Red Zone, not a bother. She's happy enough. I actually find that works better now than just like going like right, I uh, six o'clock, I. Uh, and you get that look, you're like, yeah, it's hard yeah, enough. Like, you're like, you know, you go through your life, like my sporting career being, let's say, physically aggressive, uh, you know, kind of intimidating as a player. And then you, my wife is five foot six, uh, nine stone, and she's calling, she's ruling the roost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
looking up at me, telling me what to do. <laughs> I'm six five, fucking eighteen star. She's telling me what to do. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. But alas, here we are. So to answer your question in a long, in, a, in a roundabout way, a lot of the games were, you know, they were meaningless. Like the San Fran game, Baltimore game, you know, Cleveland game. All them games were, ugh, you know. But I was looking at the Eagles and their kind of downfall. And then the Bills. I thought the Bills were screwed in the first half. Let's be honest. I thought they were screwed. And then I have to say, Miami just. Just threw it away. Just threw it away. Like that's why you look at Tua, and you know I've been watching the hard box with you know, and you, you kind of grow to like him as a person. But he just he doesn't seem like a ruthless competitor. Yes, I know I'm only getting an hour of television each week looking at him with hard knocks. But if I'm if I watch Mahomes on the quarterback on Netflix, he came across as prick. You know, a ruthless prick. I have to oh, he did yeah Ooh. on quarterback, which I liked. If he's on my team, I like that. I really really like that. You know, Kirk Cousins came across as nice. Mario's came across as nice. Same way with Tua, he comes across as really nice. Rogers is a prick. You know, Mahomes is a prick. <laughs> nah, but Mahomes is just a straight up prick, though. That's the problem. Yeah, but but it's funny when you say when you say Tua, his I suppose um, his presence, and I've only been in it once after the Frankfurt game. He seemed pretty happy go lucky after a loss that was kind of devastating in terms of like you know, their momentum and, you know, their pedigree and how they were viewed. Patrick Mahomes isn't like that. You know, he, he's a good interview and Patrick Mahomes is saying at a press conference. But yeah. Till was very friendly after a loss. And then he, he's backed up by other like other players coming out there and they're ruthless and they're pissed off. And, you know, it's like they're not happy. And then Tua, and I suppose quarterbacks can be like that. They can compartmentalize in front of the media, I suppose. Yeah, but uh, Tua... If you look at Tua, Tua comes across as very warm in the press conference. Yeah. Right, mm. and then like, like this, if 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 confrontation did develop, let's say between Tyreek Hill, Waddle, and Tua, you never. I I would look at Tua and go right. He could actually go into his shadow towards here. Whereas look at Josh Allen across the way, and confrontation has arised with you know with obviously offensive coordinator Diggs etc. He's still going through it, like you know he still carries a very very positive presence, and he comes across as a. I will say he comes across as a dog. And I said to you last week, Mike, in the big games, Josh Allen comes up good. Now in the first half, he was catastrophic. Right, <laughs> I will say that. But hey, it's all about the W, and he got it. That's what that's what all the counts. So if you, James, and we kind of mentioned that we could do this before the podcast, but if you were looking at the uh, the quarterbacks, and I've actually uh, sent you the the names there, where would you rank to in terms of who you want as your quarterback for the team right now? You're obviously after rattling off the likes of Allen Mahomes. We're going into the playoffs. I think that there's a great cast, and especially when in the FC, I think we've lost five quarterbacks this year. We could almost rank those teams. You know, we've lost Rogers, Burrow, Herbert, Watson, and Anthony Richardson. That it is very interesting that the teams that are there, the six teams, or sorry, the seven teams in the AFC, only one of them is a backup, and that's Flacco. The rest of them are the bona fide starters. Where would you, even if you want to break it into the AFC teams? Yeah. Where would you put um, Tua in terms of where you want him? Like, I, I look at our list here, Mark, right? Um, AFC teams, you've got Lamar at the top, and there's no question about that whatsoever. You have Dak, so he's NFC, Stroud. You've Stroud ahead of Allen. I would swap them around, personally speaking. Yeah, that's just um, a me thing. <laughs> I won't yeah, excuse you. Like, yeah. And I, I know Allen, Allen like, I, I, I can never think or forget, let's say, his performances in postseason, Allen. I know, I know they didn't win, but I, you have to consider why he's come up against, right? And I've used time from on, on both sides of the ball. For me, Stroud is still relatively new, and he's—I know he's, he's proven it. But at the end of the day, he's, we're now back to zero-zero. Can he do the playoff game? 
that clutch performance that end to the Colts game, seven straight completions. Yeah. I suppose for me is for me as well. It's also massive what he's done with the receivers around him. Um, that I just think there's something powerful. I mean, if you look at Nico Collins, who not that he was a journeyman, he has only been with the Texans, but has been in the league two years before this. He had seventy catches coming into this year. He had eighty this year alone. He had under nine targets. He made that one hundred twenty-six. Like he's doubled his numbers. And for a guy that had two years of under five hundred yards, to turn him into a twelve hundred yard receiver, I think that that's what a good quarterback can do. Brady did it for years with the likes of your Amendolas and your Edelmans. Turn guys that on other teams wouldn't be getting paid five million. They might like even like look at Michael Irvin when I mentioned the Cowboys earlier on. At one point he almost was going to get caught because he wasn't cutting the mustard in his first year. But then Troy Aikman obviously and him just had this massive connection yeah. that for me, CJ Stroud and look, this story is to go on for years. Um like that's an ex- a phenomenally young team and hopefully they're going to be there next year so we can get or next week so we can get into it a bit more. But uh CJ Stroud is purely a a personal thing for me but when it comes to Allen yeah. what I will say is since they've gotten rid of Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator and Joe Brady, Brady ran the ball more yeah. they've run, he's run the ball more and that's what like had made Joe or sorry Josh Allen the quarterback that we were used to seeing he's basically doubled he's literally doubled his um, rushing attempts per game and he's all but doubled his rush yards from game it's, it's gone from something like 46 yards up to 80 yards I have the numbers there while you talk I can pull them up is is, is this your list? Is this your list in order? This rank? Uh, that was my list in order. Yeah, yeah, that was my list in orders. I, it wasn't supposed. You weren't oh. supposed to be able to see through it so fast. Uh, but just, I wasn't able to type that fast enough. Just for people on the podcast, Mark has has ranked Lamar first, Dak second, Stroud third, Josh Allen fourth, Purdy fifth. Asterix, asterix required. This was for a different podcast that we didn't get it done, and it was situation based. It wasn't just quarterback based. It was situation based. So I think that's why Mahomes is going to come down further. Um, Stafford, I I love. I mean, he's. Probably I think the Stafford best. should be higher personally. I, See, I he's he... the most reliable. He's the most reliable. He's a computer. Sorry, this was supposed to be James breaking down and I'm taking over. But I thought long <laughs> and hard. About it. I think it's really difficult. Where were we? Josh <laughs> 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 so Allen, if you Barry's rookie year, like the guy is six five, two thirty five. So he's 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 a unit. He's a tight end. You know what I mean? And he's mobile. So let's see. Over the last couple of years, um, his his greatest strength has been his rushing ability. And he has been prone to being, you know, sometimes erratic in the throne, which, again, we saw last, last, uh, uh, the last game at the Dolphins. He can be erratic and make some poor decisions. But when Brady comes in and starts running the ball more, his production goes up, confidence goes up. And yes, Diggs' production drops down a touch, but still, they get the W's less. That was the main thing. What Was it one series they were 6-6? Six and six? Am I right in there? Yeah. And so, and so look, look, look at the... The 12th seed, James. The 12th yeah. seed, and they needed everything to break in their favour to get to the postseason and only did they get to the postseason they knocked off the Dolphins and got there as the two seed yeah and now we're looking at re- a realistic expectation of the Chiefs coming to them and then top yes that we're going to break it down that's why that's why because like once more number one they're, and they they were so deserved that Capitago Wi-Fi work is uh, starting to go oh it'll be a showdown Chiefs, Chiefs at Buffalo and the Buffalo Gorse of Baltimore. James, it's almost as if Andy Reid hacked your Wi-Fi. The minute you said, I think it was like Mahomes or something, they just cut. And all I heard there was about the Chiefs at the end. What were you saying? What did you say about the Ravens in particular? That's from Grace downstairs now watching the Kardashians. 
She's <laughs> back to the podcast. First dance with the stars. Next, or I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna. I mean, the wild card weekend is this weekend, James. You're yeah. gonna have to tell her you've, you've, you've serious hours to put in here for next week. You know, trying. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I was just saying about the. Ra- I think the Ravens are a clear number one. I think everyone. That's the general consensus throughout. Um, the Bills obviously have the number two seed, and I think the way things are going to are going to pan out, favorites will win. I ca- I cannot see the Dolphins. I just can't see the Dolphins going to Arrowhead and beating them because they're banged up big time on defense. If you look at the Chiefs, then heading for, it seems to be heading for uh, heading for Buffalo, isn't it? They That's would do, out. yeah. It's there's some there's some weird, you know, things that could happen that change it. But if we just go with the favorites, yeah, Chiefs yeah. are going to have to go to Buffalo. Because then the likes of Cleveland or Houston will have to head up to uh, head up to Baltimore. Like Cleveland clipped Houston a couple of weeks ago, albeit that was with uh, who was it? Case Keenum, a quarterback, was it? For the Texans, wasn't it? And Davis Mills. So like, yeah, this is they were different animal now in CJ Stroud. I actually can't call that one. That's I, I'm, I'm tipping it to, to Cleveland, but I just it, that's a very hard one to call. That's probably the game of the weekend that I, I like. Truthfully, I, I find that one the hardest one to call. Whoever wins that game, James, is going to be a nightmare going into the playoffs because you are after saying there that you can't see the favourites losing. But of all years, I just think that the NFL has been so up and down and everyone has a chink in their armour that, like, I'm ho- I think the AFC side is where the, the number one seed gets knocked off. Uh, I'd said to Michael um, that the last year we got a number one versus a number one seed, but that's not always how it works. It's probably the, the number two seed's going to... Yeah, and it's a, but, but I like, but I just, in my head, I'm thinking back on that um, that rain game in the playoffs, what is it, three years ago at this point, that the Ravens just could not get going, just could not get the ball moving. I was, I was that it, because of the rain and there was serious win and that's what we talked about all off season. But like, the Ravens have panicked before and we're going to talk about this and that. I'm not saying that they, they lose it, but I think that the Browns are riding a wave and the Texans are just so well coached. Like They have the offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year. When you actually look through their roster, the drafting has been insane. Like The likes of getting your Nico Collins, your Tank Dells, your Juice Scruggs this year on the um, line, um, Will Anderson, Christian Harris, Der- Derek Stingley Jr., Jalen Petrie on the defense. They're all guys that have been drafted in the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, maybe under the spotlights, they don't deliver. But I just think they're an, like, literally, they are a wall card in that sense. Like, I just, I, the Texans, I, I've fallen in love with the Texans this year. I just think that they're so good. And they've had as many injuries as anyone. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I, I just think that whoever comes out of that Browns game, it's just like if the, if the, if the Texans can beat that Browns defense, who else's defense rivals the Browns right now? That's correct, yeah. That, 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 that is correct. I think. Look, Black Guy. Again, it's it, 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 the guilt of the, the media. They get on board, and he's been awesome over the last number of weeks. And truthfully speaking, without him, they don't make the playoffs. But he can be got at. Truthfully speaking, they're, they're, they're slightly struggling to run the ball to sneak Chubb. Uh, has his obvious injury, and I think, like you said, if they can limit the pass rush and the Texans, Texans can get past that, this is an open game. Like it was, what it was 30, 35, six or something at one stage in NRG Stadium a couple of weeks ago. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen this week. So that's why I'm looking at this game. Well, I, I, just, I, I can't call it. Of all the games, I'm looking at Detroit and the Rams, and going, mm, not sure with that one either. You know, with the whole, you know, the personal effect with Stafford. But beyond every other game, I'm saying, yeah, it looks looks clear cut to me. Like I, I can't see. NFC wise, I can't see no way I can see the Steelers beating Buffalo. I can't see Miami beating Kansas. 
I can see Cleveland, Jordan, and Houston either one. I cannot see Tampa beating the Eagles. I, Detroit and the Rams, not sure. And I can see the Packers, uh, Topland, Dallas. So, only two games for me. Before we before we move on, because uh, I know, Michael, you're probably dying to get on to the other games. The thing that it is for me with the Texans that stays with me is my favorite game of the year was the Bengals-Texans game. Well, probably about week 12 or week 10, Humdinger. something around there. And, yeah. and that was the best version of the Bengals we got all year. And that was a Super Bowl caliber Bengals team. Like that was when they had all clicked again and Joe Burrow was there. And the Texans won that game. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of like, if they were able, if that Texans team, and I know they've had a few injuries um, since then, but like if they can get running the ball, the offensive line has been massive. That to me, if that version shows up in the playoffs, and the playoffs always reveals a team like that that just like hits their stride. Like a few years ago, the 49ers just started running the ball like absolutely crazy. You know, there's always something in the playoffs. They're never straightforward. So that's why... That t- that game is exciting, and I think you you nailed the other ones. I think there's, a, I think it's a really good slate, Michael. I want to let you in here. I think it is a fantastic slate, but there are co- two standout games, and you name them there. I, I think, like, I agree with some of the things that you've both said while I've been patiently listening on. I will say this: to me. <laughs> um, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if a team had a Wendy eighteen and over here, it doesn't really matter. They, they might get a fancy ring around history as the Immortals. But the reality is here, gents, the second the second this game starts at 9.30 on Saturday night, every team is 0-0 again. Momentum counts for nothing. This has been the biggest yo-yo season ever. And I'll say it here, and I'll say it again. Nobody has given the Steelers a Ross chance in hell. Why? Because TJ Watt has an MCL sprain? The Buffalo no, Bills... Because they can't decide the quarterback. The, the Buffalo, absolutely, but the Buffalo Bills have had so much momentum in the last two to three weeks but before that they were a disaster they're going into a situation in Buffalo where the expectation is on the Bills to win heavily that may well happen Mason Rudolph has been serviceable there's no reason why Najee Harris and Jalen Ward can't run all over that defence that's been banged up that is all I'm going to say and I of course I, I expect the Bills to win but I do feel that across these games this weekend we are going to see a team that is not expected to win, win. And that's obviously going to happen when you have so many games. But I really feel that we're going to have a big upset this weekend. And I said to Mark on a different podcast, James, I think Miami will beat Kansas City. I, I look at, and I guess we'll bring this into the equation. Before you go any further, break it down mm-hmm. to me. How? I don't think. So even, even Miami were, were fit and healthy. What was the German game? Couldn't get it done. And now, now they're going up to Arrowhead, which is, as we know, synonymous with a tough, a tough crowd. How does it beat them with all the injuries? I think I think the thing for me is like that game in that game in Frankfurt was one thing because me and Mark were there. They were they were by far the second best team that day, and it was a situation where it just didn't work out for two at all. There was too many mistakes. The Chiefs took over the game at the half, and it went away from them. But the reality is, across the last three to four to five years of Patrick Mahomes' career since he came into the NFL, this is by far the lowest quality team that he has, especially on offense. He does not have the weapons available to him. On wideouts, Travis Kelsey's been up and down this season, having Taylor in his pocket. I feel that if you can't get Pacheo into the game, I think you're going to struggle. You cannot continue to rely 
on a few passes to Rasheed Rice and Valdez Scantling throughout the next three to four weeks when you've got teams with Tyreek Hill for a start that will be able to make big bang plays. The Dolphins are due a performance. That's why I feel like they'll bring it up this weekend. I don't think... They, de- they got that performance against the Cowboys, though, and, you know, it wasn't even impressive. And there's nothing that's changed with the Kansas City Chiefs since Germany. Like, we all picked the Dolphins to win that game because that was... Like, going into that game, the Chiefs were just as beat up. They were after having a sick Patrick Mahomes lose, surprisingly, in Denver. And that was probably the lowest point that the Chiefs had had all year. And still, they went and dominated the Dolphins that day. I guess, I just said before James pops in here, you're right, the Dolphins played very well against the, the Cowboys. And it was like that sort of turning point moment, it felt, in, in the stadium. And it felt like they were going to go on a run and win the East. And... They were very, very disappointed in Sunday Night Football. What I would say about the Chiefs is this. If the Chiefs were to win a really, really close game this weekend, 17-14, it'd be really unimpressive offensively again and get over the line because they're an arrowhead. What's the, you know, what's the narrative next week when they go away from home? What's the narrative? I mean, they may, I think, actually, to be fair, they may have a home divisional game. I need to check that if they do win that, just to be sure. But eventually, they are going to have to play outside of Arrowhead this year. Now, the Chiefs will have to most likely play the Bills because that'll be the number two. Or or they'll have to go. Unless Pittsburgh win, Chiefs are heading away. They're 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 going to they're going to upper state New York. Does does Patrick Mahomes beat that Buffalo team with the with the assets that he has around him? No, they, 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 yeah, we're seeing context is everything, right? And look at the the Miami. So Miami have basically capitulated over the last five weeks, where they were in serious control of the the number one or the, the AFC, and even the number one seed, you could say at one stage. Uh, but then they just got violated by Baltimore, and then, then I was hoping for kind of a coming of age performance by Tua this weekend, where he he put the doubters to rest, lock up the number, <clears throat> lock up the AFC East, and move on to a home, to home games. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. And then when I watched him, you know, in the two-minute drill, heading, trying, trying to get a victory, did not look confident whatsoever and just gave away, again, gave away the game. I, I can't see how he's going to, you know, up the levels so much that he to- he topples, uh, I wouldn't call them decent, decent Kansas City defense in Arrowhead. Because at the end of the day, what we have a habit of doing, we have a habit of uh, going offense to offense. And I look at the, 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 the Miami defense now at the minute, as we know, your man Van Ginkel is banged up again, Chubb is gone, Howard is gone. You know, Ramsey banged up. So it's like, they've already lost Phillips. Yeah, their pass rush is gone. How much more can they take? So it's, it's Mahomes versus that. And then he goes to Tua versus the Chiefs, who, you know, Chris Jones, the beast, man. <laughs> three, sacks, three sacks in Germany, uh, Tua took. Like, it was... Yeah, like, not ideal. So that's, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at Tua going up against the Chiefs defense, not Tua versus Mahomes. So I just, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I take it on board. I just respectfully disagree. <laughs> Two points to add to this. George Karlaftis is having a hell of a season. He's going to be key on Saturday night. And secondly, it's minus 20 degrees Celsius projected in Kansas City on Saturday night. i just seen that there now. Um, minus 20 degrees Celsius. That's really? going to be interesting. Yeah, this is not a foregone conclusion. Like any game this weekend is. Um, Mark, should we finish with James on this Rams-Lions game? Do you reckon? Should we? Yeah, do you know? Because uh, you know, like, I, I should clear up. I should clear up. I'm thrilled that that's the Saturday night game. I'll absolutely stay up, and I hope that there's fireworks. Like I really hope for Dolphins fans, for Chiefs fans, for everyone involved. Like these playoffs, they're so set up to be excellent, one of the best yeah. we've had in years. And like uh, I've said to Michael before, 
the Chiefs have gotten across the line of teams at home, whether it's Browns teams in recent years in the playoffs, and maybe they are due an upset at home and Patrick Mahomes has to lose. But um, for me, I've just lost all faith because, again, Tua just, you said it just there, James, about confidence. I don't think they have the mental toughness. And to go into Arrowhead and it's going to be loud, okay, if they get up early or something, but it's going to be, it's almost like Patrick Mahomes is a Tom Brady team. Like yeah. he's not dead until it's all said and done. So, and, and Mark, can, I, can I make one more point about that? And this is what hard knocks. And I know everyone looks at, at, at the coaching, the young coaches, and they're, they're fit and they're fresh and they're wearing the nice runners and all as well. But I'm, I'm watching Mike, Mike McDaniel and he's given his team talks and ever. There's no hardness to him whatsoever. None. He's one of the boys. You know what I mean? And I'm saying, like, if I'm, if I'm looking at a coach, I want him to be steel, hard. You know, you follow him. I look at McDaniel and go, Jesus, uh, when things get tough, are you the reason man to power through here? Like, look at Harbaugh up in, up in Baltimore. Jesus. Like, Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh. You know, even McDermott comes across the break. You know what I mean? So, like, they're, they're staying. Like, you, you, you follow these guys into battle. McDaniel and Justin Dorton. Sorry. James, but, I think, yes. Sorry, sorry go ahead. Rams, yeah? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I keep, it's my wife every week, keep cutting people off with a delay. Um, the best way to describe this Rams game, you know, Matthew Stafford is like Shane Walsh changing clubs, winning a title. And then imagine Shane goes back to Galway. I, I'm I'm having the crack. Shane's a great lad. Goes back to Galway again and he's in the big time. This is a huge yeah. game. But it's... Seen, yeah, so so Shane didn't get quite paid as much as Stafford though. <laughs> <laughs> here, boys, now boys, no, I, I have to give the, I have to give the workers <laughs> shout out here. Fences. But here, fair play to Glenn, lads. I know we were having a bit of a laugh off camera this last year, Mark, after everything. I, here, I, I actually turned on TG Carr to put on the game the other day, but you I was just getting the... Um, no, my TV wasn't working. It was just coming up like foggy, you know, like the uh, the butterflies, whatever they call it. Yeah. That weird screen when the uh, the TV connection won't work, that was just coming up my TG Carr. I had commentary. I had commentary. I had commentary now, Michael, but... Uh, it's funny because I'm 30 minutes away and it was blue skies here. Really straight. Dara Carger is not far from Newry and it was like a summer's day outside. It looked like it was ridiculous. I don't know. I agree on the block. I should have been called off. I hope Big Mal, who I worked with previously, gets his big win. Back to the NFL talk. Um, James, I told Mark on a different podcast that I feel that this weekend is where Matthew Stafford puts down a case to be a first-time ballot Hall of Famer. I think it goes into yeah. the window. And I think the Rams can make a push, man. I I'd think be upset. I'd be upset. Really? I, I, if I was to pick a team who I want to see win this whole thing, it's Detroit. They they have become a fan favourite, and it's all because of the embodiment of their coach. Again, the hard knocks last year. He came across as a, just a good dude, and even even when the core went against him against Dallas there a couple weeks ago, I... I was kind of, I was mad. And then the conspiracy theories that started going off in my head. They're trying to match up the Rams in Detroit. And lo and behold, here we are. Stafford is so what? Coming home. I mean, in the day, Stafford left that. In the day, he left. Right? He went. He got, got a Super Bowl. In comes Jared Goff. Jared Goff has done a really good job. Um, Detroit have a better roster. You know, and and, and the way I look at it is, I, I can't see how, I just can't see words how the Rams win and dominate a Detroit team who's going to be full of basically their, their coaches embodiment passion 
you know, hunger, drive, steel, all that kind of jazz. You know, so I'm I'm back in Detroit here. I think this could be you might might believe in this could be blowout. Oh, I, I think I yeah I think Detroit like I, I part to me goes the ass for me tight game, but then I start breaking down logic. You know, I look at the three phases of the ball, like there's a potential to be a blowout. Really, really has really potential. This this could go off. You know, I, I can't see like Stafford. I know his wife put up a video showing all the Detroit highlights, which I didn't like. A nine minute fucking video. Excuse my language. <laughs> of all these things. You're not going to get in the book, good books with me, honey. You see the Adele <laughs> Hello one. The, the edit, your man from Pat McAfee show put up the Hello, it's me. I'll, I'll send you it after this. If Detroit yeah. were a county in football or hurling, who would it be? I'm going to say they're. Careful now. Just be careful, right? Before against this. Let's go football. You know, it's a broader range. We'll go football and not get James in trouble. I'm going to say. Oh, it's hard. I, I want to pick a northern county, but I'm finding it hard. I mean, Detroit have like when, like when have Detroit been big, Mark? Ever? Fifties, sixties. That's what it has been. Calvin, Calvin. There you go. They're Calvin. Calvin. I suppose it depends on the year. I just see them as the 2010 Calair team that got knocked out in the semi final. You're gonna love Roy Baggin next week, then, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> um, been football, right? It's awfully. They're awfully right. Oh, cheat that! Uh, come on, they were powerhouse in the eighties. They died off in football, and the minute they get a bit going again, people get behind them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a bit like Derry up here at the minute. Jeez, there you go. It's there. Yeah, it has no, to it's be not Derry. Derry Derry's won all Ireland. Derry's won all Ireland. Derry won all Ireland the same year that Detroit were last in a home playoff game. There you go. That's in the stars, lads. In the stars. In the stars, it, it, boy. You know, it is funny when you talk about Matthew Stafford, though. When he was traded away, it's because, well, there's no future for you here. We're probably a few years away. I was like, who'd have known that it was just the head coach? Because it's like when Larry Fitzgerald was with the Cardinals, I remember, do you remember when Vernon Kay used to be massive into the NFL or he used to be doing stuff? I know he's still knocking about or whatever, but he put up, um, remember he tweeted out at the time, trade Larry Fitzgerald. The New England Patriots. This must have been maybe back in 2013 or 14. I remember as a Cardinals fan, I was really angry. And then the Cardinals go off and get to the NFC Championship game. And it's it's kind of like that in reverse with Matthew Stafford. They did let him go. And then he comes back. I was saying to Michael James, like, as a player, he will be able to get rid of that on the day. But he's obviously going into Detroit having a lot of relationships in that town and in that city. It's mm-hmm. going to be very, very familiar to him. It's not going to be lost on him the moment that a lot, all those people would have been fans of his, would have rooted for him for years, would have been extremely loyal. And he's going in there to break their hearts. Like, that must be the toughest thing to do as a player for such a loyal fan base of his. Like, if he goes and wins this game, if the Rams win this game, he takes his name out of the ring of honor in Detroit Stadium. Like, But, like, do you remember when Brady went back to the Patriots there last year, the year before he played with Tampa? So this this is the entire drift now. Brady Brady brought home Super Bowls to that, to that franchise. So the minute he got on the pitch, he was clapped. Even when he made completions, he was clapped. You know, Detroit should turn on. They have to turn on Stafford because there's no room for sentiment here. Straight up, like okay, yes, he tried. He, he's a professional player. He was getting paid for the job he did. Right, he won nothing. All due respect. So the minute he comes on the pitch, boo the shit out of him. <laughs> Sorry, get on his case. You know what I mean? Make it in, a, in an emotional roller coaster for the man, and and get on him. Because in the day, like you said, Mark, he's coming in to take what you want. So, 
you, you take what you deserve. Simple as that. You don't deserve what you get. <laughs> so take it. But I'm hoping that that place, board, like, in closed arena, get on that man's case and throw him off. Put that in, Michael, as the social clip because that is that is something I have not thought about, James. And it's those Detroit fans. They, I think, like this is their first game since 1993, their first playoff game at home since 1993. They are going to want to make it a cauldron, and it's going to be that bit more difficult. But if they realize what you're saying there, and I don't know what the press is over is saying, but the Detroit Free Press, Dave Burkett, should be writing about that, being like, look. We have to do what he wants to do and switch off and, like you say, boom. That'd be massive. That that would be enough to change the game for them, I suppose. Yeah, get out of the case. Simple as that. Oh. Uh, just, to, just to end up, to let just to let people know um, that we have uh, Jeff Reinbold coming to Galway on the 26th of, Fe- 26th of January, not February. Don't come on the 26th of February. I won't be there. It's too far to travel down. Um, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash NFL Ireland uh, we're, we're awaiting Mr. Scahill's game status on that TBC James any, any final words on the weekend that you'd like to tell us this weekend coming aye super wildcard weekend I think we've already covered that I'm just hoping we'll try to clip the shit out of the Rams that's all I'm hoping for <laughs> <laughs> and I will um, say I will say I know I said the Chiefs would beat the Dodgers I wouldn't mind if the Dolphins kicked their ass either. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind well, that, that's the Patriots fan in you talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully by the next time we talk, we have some resolution to this Bill Belichick situation. And uh, I, for one more, can't wait to get a WhatsApp message from this man whenever it happens. It's going to make my day. For now, James, uh, give me a good man. You enjoy Super Wildcard Weekend. Hope you get a chance to, to watch that... Uh, Steelers Bills game instead of dancing with the stars. Chat to you soon. Thank you, guys. See ya.